to Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26. Acts chapter number 26, verse 13. We're going to read from verse 13 all the way to 23. Acts chapter number 26, verse 13, all the way to 23. Are you there? All right. The Bible says that at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the gods. So said I. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Uh, but rise and stand, in your f- stand on your feet, for I, will appear to y- for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both, to the th- both of the things which are, have, you have seen and of the things which I, yet, I will yet reveal to you. Verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Verse 19, Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and in Jerusalem and through all the regions of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent, turning to God, turn to God and do works befitting repentance. Verse 21, but for these reasons, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Therefore, having obtained help from God to this day, I stand witnessing both to small and great, having no other things than those which the prophets and Moses said to, would come. Verse 23, but Jesus, that Jesus would suffer all that, Jesus would suffer, that he would be first risen from the dead and would proclaim light to the Jewish people and to the Gentiles. Here ends the reading of his holy word. I want us to read verse 19 together. Verse 19 is is the subject matter. Um, I want us to read verse 19. All of us read it together. Verse 19. Ready? Go. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Other translations say that I was dedicated to the heavenly vision. Hallelujah. If you want a title for the mess, to the, today's message, this morning's message, is dedication to the heavenly vision. Dedication to the heavenly vision. This year is our year of commitment. Hallelujah. I said this year is our year of commitment, and we are talking about being committed to God fully and totally in every area, every aspect of our lives. Amen. 
and the vision of heaven must be paramount. Amen. I said the vision of heaven must be paramount. Hallelujah. Because you and I don't belong to this earth. You and I are just passing through. We are pilgrims. We are just on transit. How many have been on transit before? Transit, which means that probably you're going to, um, say for instance, you're going to South Africa. You take a flight from um, Manchester. You have to transit somewhere in, if you take Emirates, you have to transit in Abu Dhabi or Emirates or Dubai to get another plane from there to go to South Africa. If you are going to Malaysia, you would have to take a flight from here to, uh, I think, Dubai again and get another one, depending on the flight you take. If you take Alitalia, you have to change in um, Italy. If you take uh, KLM, you have to change in Frankfurt or Schiphol before you can go. But you see, when you, get to, uh, when you get to the airport and you're on transit, the way you behave is different from those who are at home. Am I, am I talking, talking to somebody? The way you behave. You know, once I took a flight. I can't remember where I was. I think I was going to Australia or something, and I took a flight. And, no, I didn't. Yeah, I, didn't, I was transiting. And, and not Australia. I was somewhere in America. And I was going to another place in America. And I had to transit from somewhere. And the, the journey, you have to take a train from one end of the airport to another end of the airport where I was going to transit from. What I thought was that when you, when you take the train, you move from one end to the airport, there's nothing like check-in or anything. You just go through the, the, the um, gate and you are gone. What I didn't realize is that you have to go through another process of checking everything. So I was sightseeing. Looking at the shops in the airport, you know, and then and, and looking at different, maybe looking for a bargain. And I didn't realize that I had eaten into the time. So when I got to the other uh, gate where I was supposed to take my flight, I had to go through. That was the time they had started this 9-11 uh, thing. So now they're checking everything. The queue was very long. Needless to say, I missed my flight. Are you getting it? Because I hadn't forgotten that I was on transit. I had two and a half hours to connect from one place to the other, which meant that as soon as I got down, I was supposed to be mindful of the time. Amen. But I didn't. And so I missed out. Now, why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story because some of us have forgotten that we are on transition. We are on transit. So we are taking our time. We are shopping. We are looking for jobs. We are looking for houses. We are looking for cars, new cars. I have this car. I want a new car. I have this, but I need that. I want this. And we forget that we are only here in transition. It is not a permanent place. Hallelujah. The way you behave in, a, say for instance, the way you behave when you, are, you go to White Rose to go shopping, it's not the same way you behave when you're on transit, uh, uh, walking around the shops at the airport. Am I talking to somebody? But I was shopping and I forgotten that what I was doing, there was time limit. Amen. I had forgotten. That it's appointed unto man 
wants to die. And after this, the judgment. Amen. I had forgotten that there will be a time that the Messi flight uh, 745 is ready to take off to Washington. So you must be on it. And then after a while, the, 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 everybody's checked in and you, you are not there. They will call you. Mr. Prinkinston, this is your first call. Your second call. Then they go, Mr. Prinkinston, this is your last call. Last call means that we are not going to call you again. If you don't come in the next 10 minutes, we close the gate and that is it. I remember running and running and running and I got to the gate and I saw the gate closing. As I was screaming, I come from Africa. I was screaming from one end of the hall so that they, they would see and they, they, they didn't even flinch. They just closed it. And they said, you have missed your flight. I had to stay in that place for another six hours. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? It's because I had forgotten that I was on transit. Hallelujah. Sometimes we forget that we are on transit. We forget that this world is not our home. We forget that this place is, is a place that we're only here for a, for a season. We are here for a reason. Amen. We are here for a season. Somebody say we are here for a season. We are here for a season. And then say we are here for a reason. So there are two things. We are here for a season, and we are here for a reason. Amen. Which means that at the end of the, the, the season, we have to transit from here, isn't it? And at the end of the season, our purpose for this earth will be tried and revealed. Amen. Now, this story we read is a story that... Um, Paul was a, a recounting. Now, Paul had been tried twice. If you look at uh, Acts chapter 22, you see that Paul was tried. And then here's chapter 26. Paul was being tried. Festus, who was the governor of Syria, had, the governor, had invited Ken Agrippa to come and hear the story of, of, don't put anything. I haven't told you to put anything. Don't go ahead of me. Festus had, been, had invited King Agrippa to come and listen to this man's uh, um, problem, uh, this man's uh, defense. Paul had been accused of trying to incite the people, just like Jesus was uh, accused, trying to incite the people and, and to cause an uproar. And so they, are, they were trying him. And in his defense, he said that I was the one that persecuted the church. I was on my way to go persecute the church when at midday a bright light from nowhere fell on us. And when the bright light fell, we fell down. Amen. We fell down. And when we fell, I heard a voice. And a voice called my name. And he said, stand up. I'm going to use you. I'm going to make you go and preach the word to the Gentiles. I said to you, we are here for a reason, and we are here for a season. Amen. I ask your neighbor, what is your reason for being here? Hello? What did they say? 
how many will agree with me that you are at the transit airport, or you are at the airport for a season and a reason. If you don't have any reason, you can't be at a certain, uh, nobody lives at a certain, you know, the gates, you know, that uh, duty-free area. Nobody lives there. Everybody who is there is there for a short time. And they are there for a reason. Are you thinking? People are waiting for their flight. People are changing flight. And people have just arrived and they are moving on. How many will agree with what, what I'm saying? Nobody stands there and makes a, a monument and stays there forever. Even those who sell, they are there for a season. They only have six hours or seven hours, eight hours uh, shift. After the shift, they've got to go. Nobody stays at that duty-free area for life. From today, I want you to see the, the, this world as a duty-free area. I said you are here for a, for, for a purpose and a season. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? I said you are here for what? A purpose and a season. So it, it will be sad that you, ha- you run through the whole time and not discover the purpose that, for which you were here. Or miss your season. It will be very sad. Hallelujah. Amen. You can easily miss your purpose or miss your season. Here is Paul. Paul was going around chasing the uh, Christians and uh, uh, persecuting them, putting them in, in prison, killing some of them. He thought he had found his purpose. He was driving on that particular purpose until God arrested him and God showed him the purpose for which he had arrested him. There is a purpose why you are alive today. There is a purpose why you are sitting in this church today. There is a purpose why God has allowed you to hear the message you are hearing today. It is not just for fun. It is not a routine. It's not because every, every Sunday that is what you hear. Amen. It is not a routine. God has a reason. Amen. I said God has a reason. We are pilgrims. Amen. We are pilgrims. We are just passing. We are transiting from here. Hallelujah. We are transiting from here. The, the, the scripture says, Philippians 3.20. Turn your Bibles with me to Philippians 3.20. For our citizenship citizenship is in heaven from which we are eagerly, we eagerly await, we eagerly wait for the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior. Amen. Turn turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am a citizen of heaven. Amen. I am a citizen of heaven. Tell them I have a, a passport. I have a visa. I have my tickets. And I'm ready to go. Tell them I'm ready to go. So you see, how many will agree with me that it's important or imperative for you to know what, why you are here and the purpose you have for here? Amen. In fact, I would want to know the reason why God has arrested me. In Philippians 
Paul says that not that I have apprehended already, but this one thing I do, forgetting the, the things that are behind me, I press on towards the prize of the mark of the high calling that I may apprehend the purpose for which I was apprehended. Amen. I want to know why I was apprehended. I want to know why. What is the vision of heaven for me? So that I can dedicate myself to the vision of heaven for my life. Hallelujah. How many want to be dedicated to the vision of God for you? Only one person. Because that is the most important thing. Because you are going to be, be, be judged and you're, you are going to have to account for your reason for being here. How many have written some exams before? You, you did, uh, what do you call it? You went to a, a school and they gave you uh, five years. They don't do any external exams. So you just walk around, gossip, play, do all the things you do and everything. But then there's a judge or a judgment called GCSE that is going to hit you at the end of the fifth year. How many understand what I'm saying? Those on this side, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, so you, you can choose not to study. Nobody will fight you. You can choose to be, how many know the, 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 the rogues in the class who always cause people to laugh? They're, they're, you know, the they're people who are always making, the pranking people or disturbing the class or, you know, challenging the teacher uh, all the time. You can choose to be one of those people. Nobody will say anything. At best, we will exclude you from the lessons, but we will not do much. We will leave you alone. But the judge of GCSE will ask you to account for your five years. And they'll put you in a room and give you, how many hours do they give you? On average, one and a half hours, two hours, an hour and a half. They say, in an hour and a half, justify what you have done for the last five years. In maths. So I say, mm. In English, justify all the English lessons you have had in the last five years. Justify why we should pass you in an hour and a half. Whether you agree with the system or not. Whether you were very helpful to your teacher or not. Whether you are disturbing the lessons all the time or not is irrelevant. Now, we say account for your reason for being here. Your five years is now being, you are being asked. Put Hebrews 9.27 on, on, the, on the screen. You are now being asked to account for it. Hallelujah. You are being asked to account. And you see, you can't argue and say, oh, uh, I, I know. I know that uh, I did very well. But all the teachers liked me. They said I would, I would do well. No, no, no. no. We, are, we don't care about what they said. We are saying that tell us. Tell us why we should think you're a good student. Show us. And as it's appointed unto man. Once to die. But, somebody say but. But But after this, the judgment. 
And the judgment is based on the purpose of heaven for you. You can't say that uh, I have learned. You see, if you have, if you are unfortunate like me, and you have a, a, a parent who comes from another continent, they have a way of teaching mathematics, which is not in tandem with the way mathematics is taught here. How many know what I'm talking about? So if you have a, a, a parent like me who is always eager to teach the children, they will teach you according to their method from somewhere, which may never, may not work. Here, they will say four carry two. <laughs> carry with what? A rubber bag or carry with what? They say they will teach you long division, uh, long common denominator. Say, least common denominator. LCM. How many know LCM? Yeah. And what? HC. Height common factor. Highest common factor. You start telling a, a, a child or a, 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 a student here, high common factor, they look and say, eh? what is that? <laughs> because it is not from here. You understand? It's not from here. So you, you are all, all of a sudden, you are just... So you see, if you are here, and instead of focusing on, on the things that are relevant... For your judgment, you are focusing on all things. And not for deliverance. Nobody will say, how many demons did you cast out? It's not part of the judgment. That's why Jesus said that they will say, I cast out demons in your name. I did this in your name. And say, depart from me, I know you not. Because the answer you are giving is not what we are asking for. You are answering a question, but you are using the wrong method. And so you probably will arrive at the wrong answer. It may be close, but not the same. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. You know, uh, uh, those, those, those of us who learned how to drive on another continent, oh. when we come to a place like here and we are doing driving tests, it's not very easy to pass because you have a certain habit that doesn't work here. If you learn how to drive on the right and you come here, you are driving on the left. When you turn onto the road, you turn into the wrong lane. You start the engine in first gear or second gear. Because where I came from, sometimes when the car doesn't start on its own, somebody has to help the car to start. Which means that you have to start in neutral and gather some momentum and then put it to second and then start wake the car up. Am I the only one? How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Uh, those, those who are more experienced, you start with full clutch. Full clutch on second gear. So that once you have full clutch and you take the handbrake off, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving, it's moving. Then you get it to momentum. Then you take your foot off quickly and put your foot at the same time on the accelerator very quickly. And, oh, you see the cow start. <laughs> but you can't go to the test here and go, oh, by the time you finish, the examiner has pressed. It's a dangerous move. 
They say, my friend, out of this car. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we've got to be dedicated. Can I give you the, the, the meaning of dedication? The meaning of dedication. What dedication? Three meanings of dedication in this context. Number one, uncommon commitment to the task or the people. Dedication. Say, Paul says that I was not negligent, O Agrippa, but I was dedicated to the heavenly vision that was given to me. And what Paul was saying is that I had an uncommon commitment to the task ahead. There are a lot of people today who are not committed to the tax. What we have been called to do. We are committed to other things. Hello? I said we are committed to other things. Like I was committed to shopping when I was supposed to be transiting. I, was, I spent my time, but I spent it wrongly. On things that really didn't matter. Number two is a holy addiction to the ad divine agenda. Do you know anybody who is addicted? When you're addicted to anything, common sense does not help. Because people who are addicted to any substance or anything know that what they're addicted to probably is not a good thing. But they, can't, they don't have the willpower to break it off. Amen. I said they don't have the willpower to break it off. There's a holy addiction to heaven's agenda. Number three, uncommon commitment of one's life, time, talent, or money to divine purpose or heaven's purpose. Amen. He says that I was devoted with my time. I was committed with my talent. I was committed with my money to the purpose and the agenda of heaven. Amen. I was dedicated. How many are dedicated here? If you are not, I came to challenge you this afternoon to be dedicated, or this morning, to be dedicated to heaven's agenda for your life. I'm not saying that don't stop being a pharmacist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that stop being, uh, stop getting money. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, in the next few weeks, I'll be teaching us how to make money. How many want to know how to make money? Yeah, you see, there are two ways of making money. You either work hard to make money, or you send money to make money for you. Am I talking to somebody? Oh, am I in the right church? The, the way you are looking at me. Yeah, and, and the, the better or the best way to make money is to let money make, send money to bring money to you. Are you with me? And I want you to understand that everything that we'll be talking about, how to make money and all that, is for one reason. And that reason is to help you fulfill heaven's agenda for your life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Because if you don't have money, you can't be attracted, attractive to other people that you need to speak, share the gospel with. Amen. The reason why some people are not following you is because you are broke. So your gospel is not attractive enough. You know, if somebody knows, I mean, if, if for instance, uh, uh, Richard Branson was uh, at the city center sharing a, a leaflet or a tract, come to Jesus, and he starts a church here, his first day, the whole uh, 
Leeds Stadium will be full. Why? Because that, uh-huh, this is the person we have been waiting for to preach the gospel. Because his gospel is power. Yeah. Because if, if Richard Branson came into this, into this uh, room and then he says that he's about to preach, you know BBC will broadcast it. Why are they not broadcasting me preaching? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so it's imperative for you to be successful. I say it's imperative for you to be successful. But don't let that be the main thing. Because the reason for that success is just so that you can have, you can have a, a, an application for your voice. Are, are you getting what I'm saying? For instance, if we're sitting in a cold room, we're sitting in a room that maybe the roof was leaking and the rain is coming and it's pouring on you and I'm preaching. You will not hear the message very well. Are you doing, you'll, be, you'll be covering and you, know, you won't like the atmosphere. If the atmosphere in this room was not nice and congenial, you may not you know, focus on the message very well. Hallelujah. So it's imperative that you become prosperous. But the reason for your prosperity is not so that you buy another house. It's not so that you buy another. How many beds can you sleep on on one night? How many? You know, now that uh, 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 one room in my house has become vacant, sometimes you, you can lie on this bed and then you, you migrate from this bed and go and lie on another bed. But you see, how many times can you do that? Are you, you can only occupy one side of the bed at one time. Even if you stretch your hands and stretch your legs. Hallelujah. How many toilets can you sit on? You have one bank. Say, I, I want to have a, a bedroom with 16 toilets. I want to have 13 cars. Listen, how many cars can you drive one? You know, those who have like five, six, seven, eight cars, up to now, I fail to understand the reason for the whole, that whole thing. Like today, you take this car, Monday car, then you have Tuesday car, then you have Wednesday car, then you have car that you go traveling with, then you have car that you, you take. But a car is just a, a, a machinery to get you from point A to point B. Your whole, uh, what do you call it, drive is full of cars. And you have one, one bomb. You can only use one car at a time. Even if you have a convoy following you everywhere you are going, you only sit in one car. So it's not supposed to just get you to buy more cars. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not supposed to get you to have more shoes. How, how many shoes have you got? How many feet have you got? Sister, say amen. amen. I'm talking to you now. Amen. Ladies, let me hear you say amen. amen. You have five different shades of black. Purple, yellow, indigo, brown, blue, red. You, and the young men, how many young men do I have? Your trainers, one trainer, you have uh, uh, Air Max 90, you have five of Air Max 90. 
Then you have uh, which one again? Uh, where is Prince? You are hiding. Uh, and where is Hakinen? Yeah. They are all hiding. You have, you know, about five different black trainers. Five different white trainers. Then blue, pink, red, purple. Different brands. Different uh, uh, Max 90, Max uh, 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 95, Max 99, Max Z. Is it zero? Max zero. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Listen, listen. When we see a white strainer, it's white. Whether it's Max 90, Max 99, Max zero, Max uh, X, we don't mind. It's, 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 he has one white trainers, uh, trainer and then uh, a blue one. And who are the blue? You have five. Do you know that you are the only one who knows his five? The rest of us, we don't know. Do you know you are the only one that knows that that one that you are wearing, amongst all the five white ones you have, this one is the most expensive one. You bought it by 150 pounds. We don't know. Because somebody will buy trainers, 25.99, and you will go and buy 150. The two of you are working in white trainers. We see you as white trainer workers. Am I, am I talking to somebody? Yeah. We, we don't mind. Hey, this is my hair. It costs uh, uh, 70 pounds, 80 pounds. It took seven people seven hours to do it. <laughs> hey, this is my hair. It costs uh, uh, 200 pounds. It took 300 people to make it. <laughs> this is my hair. It costs zero pounds. <laughs> and it took me five minutes to comb it out. And I'm here. Listen, it's all black hair, black hair, black hair. Hallelujah. So it is not about that. You see, we, 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 we maximize our time for the things that don't mean anything. Are you with me? All these things don't mean anything. The, my house is nice. Do you know that when you sit in a nice car, you don't see it yourself? It's the people outside that see that your car is nice. You don't see it. Oh, you didn't hear what I said. You see, oh, oh, you see, the interior is black. If you move from this car that costs 3000 to go and sit in that car that costs 33000 the interior is also black. Uh, you see, they say, that, oh, you don't understand. The music is nice. The music is nice. Then, my friend, it's, it's, it's black. I, 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 you understand? I'm not against having nice things. All I'm trying to say is that it is very sad to put so much meaning into it than necessary. There are more important things than that. Amen. You know, it's like, oh, this person always has a lot of clothes and to wear. Well, you don't have a house. 
We'll talk about that. That's not why I came today. All I'm saying is that we, we are going to teach us how to become very prosperous and wealthy. But the reason for it is to make our voice stronger for the heaven's agenda for our lives. Am I talking to somebody? How many would have done a lot more for the work of God, the kingdom of God, if you had a lot of money? Only three people. Yeah. We are being constrained. So if we could get a little bit of prosperity, it would give us a little more leverage so that we'll be able to preach the gospel even better. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So there is a reason why we need to be dedicated to heaven's vision. Amen. Now what is heaven's vision? What is heaven's, heaven's vision? That's, that's my next... The, 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 the vision... It says, vision is a set of agenda for life. Vision cannot be confined to a private moment of religious experience. Vision was not an end in itself. It was the beginning. The vision is given to us by God. We must find expressions in life. Don't go ahead of me. Hallelujah. But my question to you is that what's heaven's vision for you? What's heaven's vision? Come with me to Matthew 28. Matthew 28. I think it's 16. I want to show you heaven's vision for you and me. How many have done an exam? You answered the wrong question. Or you answered the question wrongly. You interpreted the question wrongly. You misfired fully. Because you didn't know. You knew that we're talking about vision. But you had forgotten to find the, the, the actual meaning or what vision we are talking about. What area of vision? Because vision can be sight. Vision can be a set of all the things we say, a set of rules, a set of... Uh, um, Purpose. No, 19. Go to 19. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. He said, go therefore out to make disciples of me. Amen. That was heaven's decision, a vision. In, in, in uh, John 3, uh, uh, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to, that whosoever will believe in him will have everlasting life. Will not perish, but have everlasting life. Then verse 17 says, For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Are, are you with me? So his coming was to open the gateway of salvation for all of us. Amen. And when Jesus was leaving, he said that go and make disciples of me. Which means that that is our vision. That, is the, that makes it what our vision is. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter whether you're a sports person, you represented a school in basketball, football, athletics, you were the debating club, society, uh, president, you were the public speaking hold certificate holder. What else? 
What are the extracurricular activities they have in, in, in uh, secondary school? Netball, football, rugby, sport, all those things. You know, my daughter used to come and ask me to write, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call that thing? No, ch chits or for, the, for the teacher to exclude them from going wood run. <laughs> that, that he tell, tell the teacher that my leg is hurting. <laughs> so that I don't go and do wood run. Why? Because wood run is not really important. It is part of what you need to do at that age. But the important thing, wood run is not part of it. Amen. So if your vision is to become the champion of wood run, <laughs> you are not going very far. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So we are, let's focus on the vision of, of, of heaven for us. How many remember Jesus in, in John chapter 4? John chapter 4, Jesus met a woman at the well. Now Jesus went to the woman and said to the woman, give me water to drink. And the woman said, why you a Jew ask me a Samaritan for water? Don't you know that the Jews and the Samaritans have no dealings? Then Jesus saw an opportunity. This is an opportunity to reach out and preach the gospel to this lady. And so Jesus preached to the woman. At the end of the conversation, the woman went back into, the, into Samaria and brought out all the men from Samaria. He said, come see a man. I said, come see a man. That showed me all that I ever did. Amen. That should be our example. Anytime we interact with people, they are the, we are the Jesus they will ever meet. I said, we are the Jesus they will ever meet. That is why anytime you have an encounter with somebody, always make sure that you leave them with Jesus. Anytime you come to a church, the pastor is preaching. The pastor must make sure that he leaves the church members or the people who came to visit the church with Jesus. There was a lady who came to church one Sunday. Not this church, another, another church. Came to church on a Sunday. She had never been to church. She didn't have any relationship with God. Somebody invited her, so she came. She came to church, sat there. The pastor was preaching about prosperity, preaching. I'm not, there's nothing wrong about prosperity. He was preaching, preaching, preaching himself happy. Receive it, hear it, then everybody was jumping and everything. When he finished, he just went to preach, uh, pray, then went to sit down. And the lady left the church, was crossing the road, and she was hit by a car and died instantly. And when they came back, brought the body of the lady to the church, and the pastor that night could not sleep because he had missed the opportunity to introduce Jesus to that lady. Maybe she would have died still, but at least she would have died with a relationship with God. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? How many people, how many people come into our domain? They come into our, our offices. They, they, we encounter them on the bus. In everywhere we talk to them and we never leave Jesus with them. Talk to them, laugh with them, and then leave them alone. Because we have forgotten that we are in transition. We have forgotten that there's a reason why we are here. And we have forgotten that part of the reason is to make disciples of him. Oh, 
place is quiet. If what I'm saying is true and you believe it, put your hands together for the Lord. Are you clapping because it's true or you are clapping because you believe it? (laughs) Are you sure? Okay. So, if the vision is important, then we need to make sure that we keep the vision alive. I said we need to make sure we do what? We keep the vision alive. Why is it important to keep the vision alive? It's because there is the need. Oh, no, 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 no. Put everything off. Don't, don't focus and wait for me to tell you something. Because what you are putting is not what I'm saying. So listen to me. That's why I don't like giving you my notes. Because you end up confusing us. Hallelujah. There is a reason why we need to focus on the vision. Amen. Because if we don't focus on the vision, we get sidetracked. How many know that the pressures of life sidetrack us? As I'm talking now, you are thinking about what I'm saying is true. Yes, it's true. Anybody I meet, I have to tell, share the love of God with them. I have to invite them to church and all that. As I'm talking now, that is what you are thinking now. But as soon as you leave here and you encounter somebody, forget this, this conversation. Because the vision is always distracted by other things. We don't always focus on it. Like as I'm saying now, as time has gone on, you forgot about commitment. Now other things are taking your commitment away. So it's like I'm having to remind us of the things that I know we know. But the thing is that if I don't remind us, we'll become sidetracked. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Who becomes sidetracked? Vision is, has an enemy, and that enemy is distraction. In uh, Habakkuk, is it, is it, is it, is it that write the vision, make it plain, so that they that see it can run with it? Habakkuk 2, isn't it? You can run with it, yes. You can run with it because the vision is there. So long as you see the vision, you can run with it. But when you get distracted, you can't run anymore. Amen. Right. So let's go on. My time is almost up. So let's look at areas we need to dedicate our lives to in order to fulfill the heaven's agenda. Areas. Let me give you about four or five areas very quickly. Number one, we must be committed to the work of God. Amen. Amen. Be committed to the work of God. What do I mean by being committed to the work of God? Be committed to the house of God. Hallelujah. Be committed to the house of God. Find something in the house of God to do. Some some of us, when we come to the house of God, we are watchers. We are observers. When we go elsewhere, we are partakers. When we go elsewhere, we are builders. Ask your neighbor, which one do you fit in? Are you a builder? Are you a user? Or an abuser? Hallelujah. Some of us, we use the church for its services. When we are sick, we expect the church to come to our aid and pray for us. Visit us. When we are in need, we want the church to come and provide for us. 
Was it Richard Nixon that said, ask not what your country? Was it Nixon? Who was it? Kennedy. Kennedy. Okay, I have. Kennedy said, ask not what your country for, can do for you, but, but what you can do for your country. See, ask not what your church can do for you. What can you do for the house of God? Or what do you do for that? Do you know that for the house of God to be alive, there are people who come to build. I said there are people who come to build. There are people who, when you are not here, they are here fixing the chairs, fixing the lights, fixing everything. For some of us to come and sit and enjoy the place. If they don't do their work well, it will affect what we are doing. You get what I'm saying? And, 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 and so, I am encouraging you that if you want to dedicate yourself to the he- heaven's agenda, find something in the house of God to do. Don't become a partaker, a user, or an observer. Sit outside and watch and criticize. Because when you're an observer, the only other job you can do is to criticize. Why is the choir not big? The choir is not big because you are not joining the choir. Because if you join the choir, then the choir will become bigger. Why are they not dancing? They are not dancing because nobody has taught them how to dance. Why don't you come and teach us how to dance? (laughs) Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Add to the service of God. I said add to the service. Ask your neighbor, what what do you do in church? What do they say? Ask them, are you, are you part of the builders or you're an observer? <laughs> or you come to use the church? Chris, what are you? He's a builder. He's a builder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris is supposed to be one of our builders, but he goes AWOL. We're looking for him to build the lights and he disappeared. He just came and dumped the light, said, here, light, take. And then he left. <laughs> at least he brought us something. He brought the lights. Yeah, and we put, we put the lights out there. When you see the lights right in front of the door, Chris brought them. them. He came, he didn't even stop. He just came, he dumped the, the here, lights. <laughs> then he left. So we, to, we took it, we didn't even say thank you to him. We took it. Because <laughs> if you won't stop, we won't stop to say thank you. We took the lights and he left, then we put the lights on. So the lights are on there. <coughs> Hallelujah. But do something. Use your gifts. Yeah. Are, are you with me? Yes. He's a very powerful electrician. Very good, very good one. But because he was not available, we had to go and hire an electrician who comes one day, and then we have to chase in the whole of Leeds looking for him. And when we find him, he comes for another hour, and then he runs. Meanwhile, we have a better electrician who is part of us, one of us. By... He was not around, but he has changed. That's why I'm using him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? Number two, dedication to the leadership of the house of God. You see, the reason why revival doesn't start. Now, I I, I missed out on, go go with me to um, Acts chapter 2. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2. I'll show you something there. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We'll come back to this. But go to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. 
Bible says that, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Next verse. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Go on, next verse. Now all believed and were together and had all things common. And they sold the, go to the last verse, the last scripture on there, verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, look at it. Four things happened. Here, the Bible is saying that these guys caused a revival in the land. And the revival was caused by four things in verse 42. I'll show you the four things that made the revival come. Number one, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That's the first thing they did. Amen. I said they continued steadfastly, which means that what the doctrine that the apostles taught is what they practiced. That was the first thing. Number two, they had fellowship. So it was a fellowship. Which means that when it's church time, they were there. It's not that church is a hit and miss for you. Today, we are happy to see you. But we can't guarantee that next Sunday you'll be here. Oh, the place has gone quite early. <laughs> I said, they continued in fellowship. They were steadfast in fellowship, which means that any time there was service, they were there. Any fellowship, they were there. In Hebrews 10, go to Hebrews 10, 25. He said, and not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So the manner of some is that when it's church time, you cannot guarantee they'll be there. They don't assemble. Hello? Can we guarantee from today that every Sunday we will see you in church? Ask your neighbor. Ask your neighbor. Can I guarantee you'll be here? Can I guarantee? Can I guarantee that you'll be here? Can we depend on you that come every Sunday you'll be sat here? Do you know some people have chairs in this church? That it doesn't matter who you are, you don't occupy. Like this chair, for instance. You cannot occupy this chair. Because every Sunday, we can guarantee that you'll be sitting here. Yeah. You cannot, you cannot, you see, if you came to church and mistakenly you sat here, somebody will gently tap you and say, you are sitting in the wrong seat. Please move on. Why? Because somebody will be, but before you come, she's already here. She's one of the first to sit there. So you can't even sit. You can't sit there. She doesn't have the problem of moving you. You know, she doesn't have a problem. You sit there and they'll move you. No, no. Because before you came, she's there. Can we also say the same thing for you? That every Sunday you can guarantee that you'll be sat there. My, my, my papa's church, there, there was one chair there that his mother sat on for 20 years. Every Sunday she's sitting there. Every Sunday she's sitting there. Every Sunday she's sitting there. The day she died, they took the chair out of that place. If you go to the church now, that chair is not there. Every chair is there, but that particular chair is not there. Because they won't put a the chair there for somebody else to sit on it. They have retired that chair. 
Can they retire in the church because of you? We can't guarantee you'll be in church. In fact, the day we see you, we go, today is going to be a good day. Because you came to church. And number three, so they, they, they were part of fellowship. Number three, they joined fellowship. Break, what's that? In the breaking of bread. And then prayers. So four things, the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in breaking of bread, and in prayer. This is what brought about the revival. Hallelujah. So I haven't forgotten where I was. I was talking about number two, which is dedicating yourself to the apostles' doctrine. The leadership of the church. What is the leadership of the church saying? And what are you doing because of what they are saying? And the reason why we must be dedicated to the apostles' doctrine is because they watch for our souls so that they might do it wholeheartedly, gladly. Look at Hebrews 13 with me. Hebrews 13, 17 with me. Obey them that have rule over you and be submissive for the watch for your souls as those that must give account. Let them do it with joy and not with grief. For this is unprofitable for you. Amen. Because as a pastor, my job is not only to preach to you. My job is also to pray for you. So whether you know it or not, I pray for you every day. Amen, Pastor. Are you with me? And some names, when some names come into my spirit and I'm praying for them, it's, it becomes a grief. <laughs> Did I tell you about that, that church member I met at the, uh, uh, the shop? After church on Sunday, I met a church member in uh, uh, Morrison's. And she, was, she was with somebody. Hey, this is my pastor. In her pajamas. <laughs> so this is my pastor. Then I said to her, are you a member of my church? They said, yes, 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 yes. And I said, which department are you in? In my church. Oh, I belong to the submarine division. <laughs> we go under the water. Occasionally we surface. Then we go back under. But we are still members of the church. Please don't join the submarine division of this church. <laughs> don't be part of the underground church. Let us see you. Hallelujah. So that we don't do the job with grief. Number three. Dedicate yourself to the great commission. Making disciples of others. Dedicate yourself. You see, be able to point at the end of this year, your disciples, at least because of me, they are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 people sitting in the church. And they are my disciples. Ask your neighbor, how many disciples have you got in the church so far? What did they say? Oh, you didn't ask them. Because you yourself, you are guilty, so you can't ask. No, I'm asking you to ask them. How many disciples do you have in the church? <laughs> Please don't fight here. <laughs> you can fight at home. <laughs> ah, the pastor says we can. Yes, I said go and fight at home. Don't fight here. Number four. God doesn't want any to perish. 
God doesn't want any to perish. Am I, giving, I should have been giving you scriptures for these, these ones, isn't it? What was number one again? Let me give you. So that's Acts 2.42, service Acts 2.42. Number two, dedication, Hebrews 13, 17. Number three, dedicate yourself to the Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 9, uh, 28, 19 to 20, and 1 Corinthians 9, 10. If I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. Hallelujah. Everywhere you go, you must preach the gospel. In Luke 19.10, the Bible says that, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. So winning is a part of what we do. Amen. So reasons why we must be dedicated to, no, reasons why we must be dedicated to the Great Commission. Number one, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Number two, so winning brings joy to heaven. Luke 15.7. Luke 15.7 says that, I say to you that likewise there is there will be joy in heaven over one sinner that repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Amen. Number three, God wants all men to be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Amen. Next one. Next one. God doesn't want any to perish. God does not want any to perish. 2 Peter 2, 3 and 9. 2 Peter 2, 3 9 says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is not willing that any should perish, which means that the person you are meeting on the bus, God doesn't want them to die and perish. The people that you came, you walked by, by past them on your way to church, God doesn't want them to perish. Hallelujah. Do you know? Do you know? Look at me. Look at me, everyone. Do you know that there are about 900 and, 970 something thousand people in, in Leeds? Nearly one million people in Leeds. I said nearly one million people in Leeds. Hello? Do you know that Leeds does not have any church that sits over 1,500 at a time? There's no church in Leeds that sits over 1,500 people at a time. Hello? Should I say it again? There are nearly one million people in Leeds alone. There is no church in Leeds, whatever church you want to call it, that sits 1,500. Or if you are, let's be generous and say, even 1,000. Even 1,000 at a time. There's no church in Leeds that sits 1,000 people. And you know why? 
Because there's a spirit of apathy and selfishness in Leeds that affects the members of the church. So that we are all interested in our own little issues, our own little world, and not the bigger picture. And so there's a certain blessing that is missing in this area. Because the Bible says in, in Matthew 6.33, Seek ye the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness, and all other things will be added to you. Because we are not seeking the kingdom, there are some things that have been denied us. Hallelujah. I'm not giving you these statistics to make you feel guilty. I'm making you, I'm challenging you to, to, to prosper. As you become part of those that help to build the house of God. Amen. I am praying to see churches in their thousands, two thousand, three thousand, four thousands. You know, I talk to pastors who have like three thousand, four thousand churches in, in, in London. And, and the thing is, it's, it's just the dedication of people. The message is the same. Enthusiasm is the same. We all like our church. The only problem is that we are too selfish. We are too engrossed in our own little world. And I say that not to our happiness, but to our shame. Hallelujah. We are all very selfish in our own ways. So we cannot commit to even the house of God. And so if we, we always find an accusation against the house of God to excuse us. Are you with me? We accuse, we point fingers at the church. And that, that pointing of fingers is just to, to, to excuse your bad behavior. When you see anybody who starts criticizing the church, it's just they are buying themselves an excuse why they should not do anything in the house of God. Because that is what will justify you from not doing anything. Once you throw stones at us, then that makes you all right to sit where you are sitting and do nothing. Hallelujah. But we are going to change it. I said we are going to change it. CICC, we are going to change it. I said this church will change it. Yeah, because we are going to dedicate ourselves to the things of God. We are going to dedicate ourselves to a great commission. Amen. I said we are going to dedicate ourselves to a great commission. Don't let the spirit of this city get to you. I said, do not let the spirit of this city get to you. We are of the world, but we are not from the world. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. We are from somewhere. Our citizenship is not from here. Amen. I said, it's possible to have 5,000 people in CICC. In Leeds. And you know what it does? If one church breaks 5,000, all the other churches will break 5,000. We are only looking for one person. To break it and then we all follow. Do you know that Roger, we needed Roger Bannister to break the one mile under four minutes? Roger Bannister broke that one, uh, uh, what do you call it, 1,500 meters. There was nobody that had done 1,500 under four minutes before Roger Bannister from England came. When Roger Bannister broke the record of th- four minutes, now four minutes is not even the Olympic standard anymore. You have to do three and a half minutes to qualify. To qualify to run 1,500 in in Olympics. But it took one person to break it. If one church breaks it, all the churches will break it. It took one church in London when KICC came to sit 5,000. Now, sitting 5,000 in London is nothing. 
So many churches sit over 5,000, but it took one church, KICC, to break it, and now everybody's doing it. But when you come to this city, there's no church that sits 1,000. I know what I'm talking about. Because there's a certain spirit here that we need to break. And that spirit, whether you like it or not, it's sitting on you. I said that spirit, whether you like it or not, it's where? It's sitting on you, and you have to rid yourself of it. I said, let's break free from that spirit. The spirit of selfishness. Spirit of apathy. It's like, as soon as you come to the house of God, the things of God, you are very cool. All of a sudden, you become reserved. You are very exciting and very passionate about everything, but as soon as you come to the house of God, then he stays there. It's cool. Then you sit back and watch. Number five. Dedicate, dedicate your soul, dedication to soul winning qualifies you for heaven's reward. Amen. Dedicating yourself to soul winning qualifies you for heaven's reward. Amen. Turn your Bible to Proverbs 11.30. The fruit of righteousness is a tree of life, and he who wins soul is what? Wise. In Daniel uh, 12... Three, it says that those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. How many want to be stars in the kingdom of God? You know, when you're a star, a celebrity, the way you're treated is different. Celebrities don't queue. Isn't it? When all the people are queuing, celebrities don't queue. I would like to be a celebrity in heaven. So that when people are queuing, they just say, oh, come and pass. Can you imagine heaven and uh, people are queuing to go into the, to, to sit with the 24 elders to worship God. And then when you come, they remove, you know that, that red thing that blocks everybody come. You see the people standing there, they block. When you come, they just take it and say, oh, please enter to the VIP lounge. That's what I want to do. I want to see. And I pray that you also see that. How many want to see that? How many want to be a star in heaven? 